Hi, my name is Dr. Sarah Adams. I am a board-certified pediatrician, but I'm not your pediatrician. Feel free to use my podcast as helpful information, but in no way do I intend my podcast to replace the advice of your physician. Your physician knows you and is in the best position to provide medical advice. Welcome to Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. You know, when it comes to parenting, there's not a one-size-fits-all approach. And many times, what we bring to the table when it comes to parenting is our own experiences. We bring to the table how we were parented and how we were raised. And sometimes, especially in a partnership, your partner, the other parent, may not exactly have the same views or was raised the same way. But irregardless, what I want to remind everybody is that we're talking about a totally different time right now. Children and their needs are way different than it was when we were growing up. And I know that I'm talking with experience as being somebody who is about to be a grandma, which I'm super excited about. So this is a great podcast for grandparents, parents, really, again, anybody that takes care of children to remember that how we used to do it may not be exactly how it should be done. So what I'm getting at is that good cop, bad cop parenting. So in the mid-1900s, and just even saying that out loud makes me laugh when I think about that because I was born kind of mid-1900s, I guess, mid to later. And at that time, there was this strategy that actual investigators used to have, and that was this good cop and bad cop idea, where one was a good cop making sure that who they were interrogating was comfortable and felt safe, and then the other one was the one that was more strict, okay? Well, those were strategies of interrogation. And sometimes now in this day and age, we start to hear people talk about, well, I'm the good cop, he's the bad cop, I'm the bad cop, he's the good cop, whatever it is, you know, whatever your family style is. And I'm not saying that everybody has situations like that, but I will say in my own family, we definitely did. In fact, if you spoke to my husband, John, right now, he'd probably say, yeah, Sarah was their friend, <laughs> which I laugh about, but at the, and take a little bit of offense about it because I could be a bad cop too when I needed to be. And that's what it's all about is balance. So what exactly is this good cop, bad cop idea of parenting? And it's basically like, where one is, again, the stricter one, the one that's like, you know, being, you know, the people would say like the nag or whatever. And maybe on the other side, you know, the other parent is like the best buddy, the friend, you know, and or the sympathizer. And so what I'm here to say is that if you and your spouse or, or, or partner take these opposing roles in dealing with your kids, it is something that it's very common. And so that's why I'm bringing it up because everybody asks me questions about it. Many, many parents take on the role of good cop and bad cop in their family. But in this parenting style, 
you know, sometimes it's about the fact that one could just be by their own personality, be a more calm, chill person, maybe more lenient and fun. And I'll tell you that that was more me, I think, because of the way, as I mentioned, I was raised. So my my parents, of course, we had responsibility, et cetera, chores, but it was there was so much respect that we had for our parents that my siblings and I just did what we were told, basically, because uh, we didn't want to disappoint them. And so there really wasn't that, you know, that really strict kind of upbringing that some people think about. Whereas when I talked to my husband, he came from a much bigger family. So there had to be some order. There had to be limits. There had to be a little more structure. So what happens is some parent comes off as being strict, less friendly, rule enforcing. And again, the other one, more fun, more chill and lenient. And that's not fun either way, because I know for a fact that like some parents will tell me, you know, the dad comes home and he's like the fun dad, you know, and all of a sudden mom's been like, you know, being strict all day and, and setting rules and limits and so on. And then dad comes home and he's all fun and play. And and that's not fun really for either parent. And that's where the drawback becomes. But why does anybody actually have to be a cop at all? Because when you say which one's the right cop, right? And I just kind of feel like, you don't really have to be a cop at all. What you want is that balance. And that balance is what's essential for raising any child as if both parents are equally strict and that their child can feel that those limits and that structure. And and basically what it does is it, it, it helps with feeling of some self-control. So obviously we are different personalities. We, like I said, there's no one size fits all and every child is different. And so what we need to do is really figure out what our strengths, what our weaknesses are, and and be careful of that drawback of the good cop, bad cop, because sometimes what can happen is the bad cop can be perceived as a parent that doesn't love them and very often can create distance between you and your child. And the child may become a little bit more afraid of that strict parent and maybe not share details of their life with them. And on the other hand, the ones that are more soft and lenient may be unable to enforce discipline, which is essential for the growth and development. So you get what I'm saying, right? So again, going back, parents don't need to be cops. We just simply need to be parent and coach for our children. But what can happen when parents do become good cops and bad cops? And is that the kids then definitely learn who is the good cop and who is the bad cop. And this can this can definitely create a split between the parents where the kid goes to the one who they know maybe they can you know, talk them out of doing something. I'll give you an example. Let's say, and I'm going to use my son Ben's um, name, for example. And let's say Ben comes to me and he says, you know, dad's making me clean my room before I'm allowed to go outside. Or maybe he says just the opposite. Mom, why do I have to clean my room? Dad doesn't make me do it ever, you know? And what happens is when your child makes a complaint like this, 
both parents, both partners have to be supportive of each other. You have to be able to say, these are the rules dad and I both have, and you have to do it. Give simple statements of support. The more unified you are, the more likely your child is going to complete his or her responsibilities because he doesn't have a way out. What you need to do sometimes is, again, bring your strengths and weaknesses and learn them and use them to your advantage, right? Sometimes switch roles to show that parents can be lenient and strict for different situations. But always, and you're going to hear me say this probably 10 times in this podcast, you really want to present yourself as a united front in front of your child, agreeing, discussing together what is best for your kid along with taking in consideration your child's opinion as well. What happens, though, if you really don't agree? Like I said, I really feel like John and I were definitely opposite ends of the spectrum. And again, when I said good cop, bad cop, which one's right? The issue is not that one is right and one is wrong. The issue is that you need to be on that united front and you need to find a balance between the two because one way or the other is not necessarily good. And I identify that now looking back at my parenting style. If I could do it again... I probably would have tried harder to meet John in the middle and bring John to the middle too, right? But let's say you don't agree with them. Let's say you don't agree and you have a problem with the rule or the limit your your significant other has set. And what I want to tell you most importantly is no nonverbal like disagreement. So you might say, okay, Dr. Sarah, I'm going to, you know, follow through and I'm going to tell them this is what, you know, dad said or mom said or whichever, and you need to do it because that's what we decide, you know, we, we want you to do before you go outside. But you got to be careful about facial expressions, you know, don't sigh and don't like, you know, ugh, you know, like you have to just totally put on, you know, your game face. And by all means, don't argue with your spouse about the issue in front of your child, you know, or indicate you're even going to argue. Like, for example, oh, I know, I don't know why dad wants you to get your homework done. It's so beautiful outside and it's going to rain in an hour. You know, I mean, you don't, you're not going to make up excuses. You just are basically going to follow through, but then take the time to talk to your spouse later after the kids have gone to bed and completely out of earshot. Okay, let me say that again. You don't always have to agree, but at the moment, tell your child he has to do what has been asked of him and then talk to your partner later when the kids cannot hear. And this is important because kids pick up on the nonverbal cues from their parents a lot more than you think. And if they see that you disagree with what's being asked of them, they will continue to bring up the issue over and over. They'll split you and your partner, and they're going to do whatever it takes to avoid meeting that responsibility. I will say when I think about my marriage and our family, I would say, looking back, most of our arguments had to do with 
finances, which I think a lot of us could agree. And the other is the kids. And that was because we both had such different parenting styles that we f- we found it difficult to support each other. I am telling you there is a way. So how do we figure that out? Well, once and for, first and foremost, you want to make sure you know your child. What does the child need? As I mentioned, times have changed. Generations have changed. And so do the requirements that children's children have a need. So it's different. So we need to start and know what does the child need? How do we do that? You observe them, you spend time with them, you communicate with them. And I think there are probably, you know, families out there that would agree not every child is the same. You know, I had have two sons and, you know, we had to kind of use a little bit of different parenting styles when it came to each child because their needs were different and the way that we communicated with them and set limits were different. So again, putting on that united front, avoiding nonverbal um, and discussing together as parents what your goals are and seeking compromises when the kids are not around. So the first step to getting those compromises is to start to say, what is what are the triggers? What are the things that you and your partner tend to disagree about? So some common areas for parents of kids um, where they might think differently are is, is an example like school. So they have a different view on everything. One might say, like, like I mentioned, get your homework done as soon as you get home from school. The other might feel like, I think it's important for them to have some downtime, get a snack, go outside, run around, you know, you know, work off some energy. And so what you need to do is start thinking about, okay, we disagree in that. So that's just knowing what you disagree is, is the first step. Behavior. Parents may not see eye to eye on how to handle impulsive action, anxiety, frustration, or anger. And then even treatment options. You know, I see in my fam in my families a lot. Parents often d- disagree about treatments, like medications to treat ADHD, for example. And then talking about child issues. You know, they can have a different comfort level on discuss and discussing the child issues. And so that, in and of itself, you need to investigate. So the first step is to know the triggers and know what you tend to disagree on first. Now, the second is to agree to disagree. And as I mentioned, in private, okay? So putting on a united front doesn't mean that you have to, you and your partner always have to agree about how to raise your kids, okay? But it does mean trying not to, to, you know, do this in front of them. So you might Again, going back to that homework thing, what you want is what does one parent think, you know, homework right after school, other one downtime first. Again, your child is hearing both points of views. And this can be very confusing to the to the child, whether homework's a priority or other options don't matter. So to try to resolve this, we have to handle it, the difficult situations privately, and then come up with what you're actually going to tell your child to do. So agree to, so first find out what you disagree with, what you tend to disagree with. Number two, agree to disagree. You don't have to agree on, but now you need to agree on what you agree on. (laughs) 
if I'm making sense. So what I what I want to say is, look, in this situation again with the homework, I think both parents would agree that homework is important. I don't think anybody here in this example is saying that they, they, they don't think that's true. So the good news is that you and your partner do have a clear point of agreement. You both feel it's important. So what now you need to do is figure out what you agree on, and that's your starting place, okay? So discuss options. And when you're talking to your child, keep that point of agreement in mind. And what that will do is that helps you both stay on the same message, on the same page. So again, maybe what you do is say, okay, we both can agree that he needs to do his homework, okay? What we disagree on is exactly when that needs to be done. And then you need to think about the child and what their needs are. Okay, so it doesn't have to be all or nothing. What you want to do, again, in private, is create a plan once you both agree on something and then present it to your child and then be willing to revisit the plan and make adjustments. So going back with the homework thing, what I hear in this example with um, a family, like I'm using this homework thing because it does come up a lot, is what their compromise was is that he was going to come home, have a snack, and get one hour of playtime, which, according to their schedule, gave him about an additional one hour to get his homework done before dinner, which was very important to, to the father. And they presented this to the, to the child as a united front with the idea that if it wasn't working out, they were going to have to make adjustments, okay? So in other words, if if he was trying to push the limits of that time, our time to, to play, or if it was one of those things where he was arguing and didn't want to, you know, use that hour of homework time, etc. So you're going to, you come up with a plan, you present it to your child, and then realize that and let the child know you're going to revisit it because if it's not working out, we may need to do the homework right after school as initially thought of as one of one of the partners. So just keep in mind, it's not an all or nothing. And it's very important that once you kind of figure that out and communicate, you will get away from that good cop, bad cop and create a relationship that's balanced, not just for your for your child, but also for you and your relationship. So some key takeaways before I end this podcast, and that is that you and your partner may agree on issues, even if you don't agree on how the details, how you want to handle those details. So you're going to agree on these key issues. It's okay if you don't agree how you're going to execute them, but what's important like school, behavior, treatment, Those are the things that bring up that good cop, bad cop parenting. And it takes practice, but working through your disagreements in private can help you and your partner present a more united front to your child. Well, I hope that this has helped. I know that if I could go back, I would definitely change some of the things that I did as a parent. I think they turned out okay. We'll see. But thanks for joining me and let's grow up together. Thanks for listening to another episode of Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. 
If you enjoyed this episode and think the information shared here today could benefit someone else, take a screenshot of the episode and post to your Instagram story. Make sure you tag us at Growing Up With Dr. Sarah so we can spread the word about the show and continue to grow in our mission to support as many parents and families as possible. Hey, if you're interested in being a guest on the show or would like to suggest a topic, please visit www.growingupwithdrsarah.com slash contact. Thanks again for spending time with us today. Stay tuned for a brand new episode next week as we continue to grow up together.